With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Euro 2020 special. I'm your host, Keith Long, and I'm joined tonight by Chris Brack. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks, Keith. How are you, mate? Good, good. Um, Euros are ticking along nicely, Chris. Some some interesting performances over the last uh, week or so. Yeah, it's been some quite entertaining games. Even some of the lower sides have actually been quite good value to watch. And then there's England, which is not as good a value to watch, but, you know, it is, yeah, what, it, it is what it is. I suppose it's difficult, you know, um... As look, I'm Irish. The, the day trip was a lot of Irish um, people on that, but we do have English lads in there as well. And you know, a lot of English fans watch the show and listen to the chat and all. And it can come across maybe that we bash them a bit too much, but um, it, it, they're, they're a conundrum, you know. England, they're a strange, strange team under Gareth Southgate, and you know, his team selections are a bit, a bit baffling and. He's just very safe, which I think yeah, sometimes he's too people, safe, which people find frustrating. I mean, I've been with England probably quite a bit of apathy, as in like if they win, I go, ah, oh, great, they've won. But they don't, if they don't win, I go, it's not like when it's not when your your club side loses, yeah. you know, when they don't yeah. win, you go, well, you know. Plus, to be honest, I think the frustration is because he's quite a safe manager. Is you actually look at the side he's got? There's a lot of quite exciting talent in it, and sometimes you think like. If you're gonna go out, go out, you know, on your sword a little bit and go out trying. But you know, listen. The other thing is maybe he's playing this passive, quite defensive way because he knows we're gonna to have to play one of the big boys in the next round anyway, yeah. and we're not gonna dominate the ball and we're not gonna have many chances. So maybe he's getting used to uh, being a bit more defensive. I mean, to be fair, first half today was actually a bit more entertaining. Uh, Grealish looked good. Sterling looked lively. Uh, Saka, who was a surprise starter, looked good. You know, he was. Um, Lively, you know, he's he's making things happen. You know, Kyle Walker at the back still looks like an accident waiting to happen. Um, you know, Pickford, to be fair to him, has, has been fine in the tournaments. He's done done what you'd expect. And uh, I thought uh, Calvin Phillips actually did the did the defensive role well, but actually was a bit more. He's more expansive, I think, with his passing than uh, Declan Rice. And from a Liverpool point of view, Henderson got forty five minutes. He was solid, nothing spectacular. A couple of good crosses and. He did have a goal disallowed. I mean, it, it was offside. You know, it's comfortably offside. So, you know, but, you know, from an England point of view, I suppose, seven points, three games, they can't, you know, you can't moan. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing, you know, it's easy to sort of get on England's backs and and be quite critical. You know, as Liverpool fans, they're just a whole um, anti-England um, sentiment that is rife in a lot of fans. But you touched on it there, Chris. You know, they, they've got seven points. They've topped their group. It's all you can do. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. You have to put yourself in um every chance of of getting through the group stages and then you go from there. And it's probably better to time yourself, you know, pace yourself through and then look to peak in the knockout rather than peak too early and then yeah. sort of do nothing, we've, do you know? Yeah, we've seen a lot of Euros and World Cups and we lads teams who deal up brilliant in two or three group games and then that's it, they run out of steam. It, to be fair, England have been quite good at doing that, to be honest. So, yeah, you know, and obviously the Scots got knocked out, which is, you know, as an Englishman, does make you snigger a little bit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you haven't seen it, Keith, the third goal by Croatia is ridiculous. Uh, edge of the box to Modric, outside of his foot, top corner. It's unstoppable. It's a, it's an absolute beauty of a goal. And there's an example of a team, Chris, that, you know, if you're going to criticise England for not being exciting and, you know, Croatia didn't look any great shakes either so far. You know, right, they, they've put on a good performance tonight, obviously, and, uh, you know, they, they've they got a nice win against Scotland. But as we've just said, it's it's more important to just get yourself into the into the, the the knockout stages and then build your momentum from there. So, like, you can't be critical of England and then laud Croatia, you know, that way. Mm. And that's, yeah, and, and we're going to talk about a lot of the other teams in here. And, you know, if we're being honest, there's not many, I think, have, have maybe stood out in all their games. There's one or two teams, but, you know, there's some big teams that have been up and down. So, you know, it wouldn't be fair. But, look, we're talking about England at the moment because the match was on tonight and um, I'm sure a lot of people were watching it. And, uh, the, the team selection. So, Gareth Southgate, he goes with the Pickford, obviously, is, is the number one keeper. There's no surprises there. He goes with Walker and Shaw. Now, they played the last game, didn't they? Uh, Walker didn't play. Uh, did Shaw oh, did. No. Walker got dropped for Reese James. Who, oh, Reese James, that's right. He, he did have his best game, Reese James, but I mean, if it was me, uh, I'd have started tripping it right back over Walker because to me, Walker's looked very average in his two games he's played. He's not he's not looked great. Sure look Shaw's had a really good season. Should be starting left back for England at the moment. And then it was whoever's part of Maguire. Look, I'm no big Maguire fan, but he is the best of the centre backs we have. And it's, um Stones looked okay with him. I think he wants a bit more football in centre back. Mings is probably a bit unlucky. I'm not a massive Tarot Minks fan, but he hasn't done anything wrong with the two games he's played. He's just very solid. Yeah, uh, I think the team needs, if it was me, it would be um, Maguire once he's fit alongside Stones because I think they complement each other well. Mm. You know, like Maguire, Maguire takes a lot of stick from Liverpool fans and other fans. Um, and usually it's the, the, he hasn't lived up to the price tag, but he is a good player and he is an important player because he brings leadership and, you know, he organises the defence. Whereas I think John Stones needs someone to do that for him. And I think Tyrone Mings is just, as you've said there, he's a solid defender, but he's the odd one out of the tree. Do you know what I mean? If, if yeah. Maguire is fit. Because Conor Cody is comfortably fourth. Oh, yeah. You know, comfortably by a mile. You know, but midfield-wise, look, Henson's clearly not fully fit. So it, he was, he's always going to go with Rice and um, uh, Phillips. That's just what he's going to go with. Well, you know, some people like it, some people don't like it. But a lot of teams play with a defensive too. The two, the four, two, three. A lot of teams do it. The frustration against Scotland was the two lads again in playing the whole road just sat. Not one went, not one went onward today. It fares to Phillips. As soon as right of the ball, Phillips was bombing on. He was at some point being right wing. He was being more progressive with the ball, which I think is what was the criticism against Scotland. To be honest, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Declan Rice, look, what I've seen, he has been very, very average. And I think, you know, Jordan Henderson comes in from in the second half tonight and Jordan Henderson gives that experience and he gives that mm. sort of leadership into the team. And again, get these out of the system in the group games for when the knockouts do come. But, you know, I think it's vital against a better team and we'll come on to, you know, the permutations of who England will get. You know, you need that experience in there and Phillips is a very good player and Royce, I suppose, in his own way, is a very good player, but I think they need a bit more in there. But they started tonight and, it, you know, Southgate seems to have a lot of faith in that that sort of tandem in there. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see... Um, it's how fit Hen- it's how well, fit Henderson it. is. If Henson's fit enough, it'll be F- Henderson. And I would say on form, it should be Henson and Phillips if you're going to do a two. Um, but I've got a feeling it'll be them two again and Henson coming on, coming on for the last half hour. Because I kind of think if he was a bit fitter, he'd have started by now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, he had to play Jack Grealish partly because he was getting a lot of stick in the press. <laughs> and I don't believe what anyone says. Managers do see it. Uh, but obviously Mason Mount... Is out because of his contact with Billy Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, the talk is him, him and Chilwell are probably out of the, the, the next game as well because of the isolation. So they played Grealish in a 10, quite a free role, quite un Southgate like, and Fred did, did well. It freed Sterling up. You know, Sterling looked better than he had in the previous games. The surprise was Saka. If it was yeah. me, you'd ask me before game, I'd have started Sancho. I mean, the, the lad's 21, and he's playing lots of games in the Champions League and playing very well in the Champions League. Yeah. And there's, not, there's not a slight on Saka because I think Saka's a wonderful talent. But I'm amazed Sancho doesn't play enough. And, you know, they were trying to imply on the commentary maybe he doesn't train hard enough, maybe he isn't doing it in training. Like, going, well, if he's based on training and doesn't train hard enough, you know, Harry Kane's not moving. Yeah. You know, he, he had to, some of Harry Kane, they'll claim he's carrying out. He's, he's not pressing, he's not moving. You know, he looks like it's a long season course up with him, but he's had one shot on target in three games. Now, they'll, they'll blame supply. He's had enough opportunity. He's had the opportunity. He just doesn't seem quite right. Um, I mean, it's quite surprising that you go into the tournament. Rashford's a bench option. Because to be fair, he, he's played in, he was in every starting lineup for the group stages. It's a good, yeah. it, it's a good subject, I thought. Very true, very true. Um, it's if you if I was an England fan, I would be frustrated with the chopping and changing in the team and and not sitting on maybe. Um, I don't think he knows his best side, it, and that's, that's it. And and the the Sancho thing is strange because you know Sancho's playing Champions League, he's he's playing high end Bundesliga, and not only is he playing, he's putting up serious serious numbers. You know, and his since oh. he's gone to Dortmund. Goals yeah. and assists are, are quite high. So it doesn't I make mean, sense that it's everybody else is getting a shot. Like Saka yeah. gets a run and, you know, Sterling is playing. And Yeah. I mean, listen, as much as I take the mickey out of them, United aren't pumping £90 million on a player. They think he's crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one's pumping that if, if they're not good enough. Um, the other exciting thing for England, and it's quite nice to see, is Duke Bellingham. He doesn't yeah. look like an 18... He's 17, so He doesn't look like a 17-year-old kid. No. He, he just looks so cultured, so comfortable on the ball. You know, smart move, you know, which a lot of young English talents do now is I'm going to go to the Bundesliga and get Bundesliga football experience. And it, it's working really, really well. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I suppose he's the next one that Dortmund are going to get a big a big fee for. Yeah. And there'll be a lot of clubs different around. You know, I can see Chelsea, I can see City, Liverpool would want him, United want him. You know, there's lots of clubs that I'd want him. Yeah, every every club with money is going to be all out, mm. right? It's going to be um, a serious, serious bit of profit for them. I would um, so. 
Yeah, um, free world put a comment in there. Euros have been shy so far. And look, I suppose I'm leaning on that that way myself, to be honest, um, free world. And a lot of people think they've been excellent. And what I'm putting it down to is the, the crowds in the stadium, I think, is having a huge, huge impact mm. on the positivity. And, um, you know, it, it, it having that excitement and the passion at the stadiums I think is making a difference it's maybe covering over in my opinion it's not been a great tournament I think there's been um, oh, I'm drinking me milk yeah I'm on the, the Grizz specials tonight you know why not <laughs> the, the great man can't be here with us so I said I'd represent <laughs> but um, I think it's been I think it's been um even the big teams you know and what we're going to look at some of the other teams um in, in a couple of minutes but Scotland we touched on earlier Chris well no do you know before we go on to Scotland England they they done the business but did they did they shoot themselves in the foot by topping that group um possibly but then England have played that game before I think in the last World Cup they're like oh we finished second to to Belgium, it's great because we got to run to the to the semis. It it worked fine, but you know they, they made hard work of that until they found someone good. So you've got to play them at some point. If we don't play France, you don't play France, Germany, or, or Portugal now. You play them a bit later. I know people say it's nice to play them later on, but There's I actually think point, I actually right? think the Euros uh, before this new form. I actually think the Euros is hard to win the World Cup. I think there's actually a bit more dross you can play in the World Cup and get away with till quarterfinals. I think it's harder to get. To get a, a kind draw in the uh, the Euros, I mean, I'm yeah. not a big fan of this third the third place no. team qualifiers because um, it took all the jeopardy out of tonight because England knew yeah. worst case we finished second. They knew that, so there was there's no real jeopardy. Where I, like the group of death that they're talking about isn't really a group of death. Now. It's just a, it's a group of death for Hungary. Yeah, <laughs> you like sort of going. Mm. I used to like the group of deaths where you go like you know one of Holland or Germany goes out. You're like whoa, that's blown it open because Wales or England have got through in a group that they've just had a kind draw for. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, it's, look, it's all a money thing as well. I've actually quite enjoyed. I would probably say seventy percent of the games. I've actually sat and watched them. You know, it's been the old couple I've just had on my phone in the background and just kept doing a glance on. But most of them I've actually quite enjoyed. I've normally found a reason to have one of them. You know, obviously I've had to watch North Macedonia because I've got them in the draw. <laughs> Yeah, I've got them in Germany, so you know, I was, I was, North. I mean, North Macedonia to me actually were quite a good feel-good story because they were never going to win a game, but yeah. they. I, I think apart from the Holland game, they were in every game and mm-hmm. scored. To be fair, they were they were a tight offside from going ahead against Holland. So you know, at least someone like a North Macedonia, you're going. Well, they've had a go. They've they've stuck to how they play, and they've you know they've you know made it memorable. Gordon Pandev being the youngest and oldest goal scorer, which is a bit of a mad thing, but then. Yeah. You, yeah, the flip side of Turkey, quite an experienced but fancied side, it was dross to watch. It was yeah. terrible. You they, know, were, I was quite, they were a big letdown, weren't they, Turkey? I was so glad they got. I was so glad they got knocked out. I was thinking, like, <laughs> they didn't even have a go. You know, it, the one game they thought they'd have a go was was the Switzerland game. Switzerland to taught them a bit of a lesson. Yeah, you know, the benefit for us is Big Shaq's probably putting his um, his feet up, which is quite handy for us. Yeah, I mean, Shaq has, you know, he's 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 a great player, you know, and Liverpool fans might be like, oh, Shaq is just, a great player. It just doesn't just, do it. It's just inconsistent. And yeah. for what we want, we we need him to have the, those days he has for Switzerland, and he does has for Liverpool. You need that a lot more 
he's been a, a mainstay and a centerpiece, hasn't he, for the Swiss national side over the years. And he knows, you know, the team is really built around him um, in an attacking sense to get the best out of him. So it's been... You know, Liverpool's a different kettle of fish. He's coming in after weeks out on the cold and, and expecting but, to perform and it's yeah. probably not suited to the type I've, of player and player yeah. person. I've seen, the, I've seen the criticism saying, you know, Klopp needs to try him more, Klopp needs to trust him more. The reason he's coming in out of the cold every six weeks is because Klopp would go, well, I want him for this these next four, over the next four games, I want him for two of them. After one game, he's, in, he's injured out for six weeks and that's the reason why he doesn't get a run because we saw in his first season... He did get a run and did really well, but then he got crocked yeah. and he was done for. He was done for then, and the follow and the following two years, he's just it hasn't happened. And I yeah. think that's the frustration with him. It's not a talent thing. It's like the, it's it's like when Abby Cater shouts. Yeah, it's not a talent thing. It is literally it's a availability. It's you know when when they look good, the bang it hits them and and it's so frustrating and and it is because people are critical of Nabi Cater. I've been critical of Nabi Cater for his fitness. I'm very, I'm very critical of Dory. And but no, do you know what? It sometimes it is unfair, Chris, because you know he's he's a good player clearly, but the frustration is when you can't rely on them. And Shaq and Matip maybe skate under the they get less of the criticism that Naby gets. Yeah, I think they skate. I, I think they skate under it because Matip had a six month spell which got to a Champions League final. Yeah, and Shaq has had a couple of performances: the Barcelona game where he sets up the gene equalizer. You know, the two the United the game. Yeah. yeah, you know he's had these moments. You know, um, he was the Villa game we won two one. His cross sets up Thiago the save. Yeah. It falls to Trent. He he has that ability to make things happen. But then he has the West Brom game where he gets the ball and passes it out and passes it out out of play three times to nobody. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's what he is. He's a frustrating yeah. player, but I think he's one of these that it, he's always a, a European Championships or a, a World Cup comes along, and he always does well <laughs> in them, you know, because it, Switzerland are a good team, and uh, you know he like, is uh, a, a creative fulcrum for them. Some people said he's a bit like closer for Germany. He, he was quite an honour sometimes in club football by yeah. his standard, but when he put a German shirt on, he was just a different beast. Some players are like that. Some players just, it just suits them. Uh, MC is asking our opinions on Italy being favourites. I don't know if they're favourites, well, but I've enjoyed watching Italy. I yeah, we'll, we'll look that. at them. They're in Group A, right? So Italy, um, yeah, they, they, to me, they've been the best team in this Euros. And by a, by a long way, they've been the best team in the Euros. Because... Italy traditionally build themselves in slowly to a tournament mm-hmm. and, you know, get better as it goes on. Now, this could be the opposite for them and they could crash out now in the next round. But they normally they, don't. They normally yeah. don't so watch though. It is like, it is like Mourinho football. You yeah. know, it's effective. It's defensive but, and then yeah. the rest of it is all just, you know, add-ons, you know, defence, defence, defence. The midfield is a defensive midfield. This blend they have at the moment, it's it looks really exciting, doesn't it? It's you, you go from back to Donnarumma looks. He's only twenty two years old. He's been around. He's in the AC Milan team since he's sixteen. Do you know what I mean? He's so yeah, experienced he, for one so young. And they go from a Buffon to him. It's 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 not a you know you go from a forty one year old to a twenty twenty one year old and he, he's an experienced twenty one year old at the time. So it's it's yeah. not a bad. My only concern for him is, isn't he going to PSG? Yes. I'm a, I'm a bit like, how, how tested are you going to be at PSG? And I mean, mm. look, he'll, he'll, be, he'll get further in Champions League football, which will be a test, but 
you sort of feel at that age, it'd have been better going to a, a German side or to Juventus. Yeah, or Juventus where he'd be tested. Because even in yeah. Italy, he'd be tested. I don't think he's going to get tested in France. And Juventus going to stagnate his growth a little bit. I mean, we all know who his agent is. So we, he's just got a massive payday. You know, look, he's his agent. That's what he's, that's that's what they're there to do, whether people like it or not. But yeah, um, the only worry for Italy, I would say at the moment, is uh, the Chiellini injury. Is how big how big an injury? Hopefully, hoping for them, it's just a it's just a niggle. Yeah. Um, but if he if he's pulled the hamstring, he's done. Exactly. But the only thing you'd say is Bastoni came in and played very well in the last mm. game. He was excellent and he's left-sided. And they brought in a Sherby as well. They've got the, the two lads there and a Sherby is 32 or something like that. Benucci is 35, 34. Like, there's a lot of experience around in the right, them, Yeah, so. exp- they've got experience in the right in the right places. And then, yeah. obviously... And look, if it is Bastoni that comes in who's inexperienced, he will have that support around them. So it's, yeah. it's probably not bad. Because I don't watch it as much Italian football, obviously, especially from, especially since the Channel Four days of uh, Golazzo, yeah. which is when it was brilliant. Uh, so there's a few of these players I don't know. I know the names, but I haven't really seen them play. So I've quite enjoyed watching them. I mean, even you and me obviously had a lot of chats about him. Immobile yeah. has looked really good for them because I'm not a big Immobile fan. I always think he flats to, to deceive. Uh, Insigne sort of doing what they wanted Totti or Del Piero to do, just being that, yeah. that little bit more of a free spirit, but it works. And um, I can't think of the, the winger's name. Because it starts CH. It's not oh, CH. That's him. He's got, he, keep, he keeps popping up with the odd goal. The scary thing, I suppose, if you're watching Italy is they did beat Wales with their B team. Yeah. They, 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 you know, it says it all when you're taking Don Rumor off with five to go. You know, that's how comfortable they were. Now, look, Wales got a, I think it's a harsh red card because I think if you and me know probably years ago, that would never be a red card. Yeah. I think it's a modern red card these days. But yeah. Wales, look, I mean, to me, Wales, if we're going to Wales, the, the solids, they've done okay. It's all based on it goes through Bale and, and Ramsey. And look, you don't, you don't blame them. They're the best two players. Uh, from a Liverpool point of view, you know, Nico Williams did well at left left wing back. It's mass- It's interesting. He does a lot of left wing back or left back for Wales. Yeah. You know, they don't seem to put them on the right for some reason. So I don't know who their other options are for left back. But yeah, he, I mean, look, he, to me, Nick looks good. I can see now why I was talking, he wants to move because he's probably thinking, yeah. oh, I, if I play regular football for like Southampton or something like that, I'm going to be in the Wales squad for the next 10 years. Because, yeah, I think he's proven actually. He may not be good enough for Liverpool, but he's That's not. He's he's, and I think a few people need to get this in their heads a little bit. And it's and this is not me preaching or being arrogant. It's just that just because a player is not good enough for Liverpool, it doesn't mean the shit. Yeah. And you know, I think some fans of cl- clubs the tier below Liverpool, you have the who are like in the Europa League, you know, like your West Ham's, like your your Southampton's, like you know that sort of ilk of club is. If you're going to Liverpool, someone who's played for Liverpool, United, or City. They're not shit because they don't play at that level for yeah you know they don't play there for a while so you know it's kind of like if Sound's gonna get a Nico Williams actually he probably won their better left backs I mean he'll have a great opportunity with Bertrand going but again yeah. I'm surprised they let Bertrand go true but that that could be it like they're looking at a profile getting a younger player and Nico mm. Williams could fit that mold but it's you know it's a good point you made there about you know he's he's playing with Liverpool he's training with Liverpool and if you look at someone like Martin Bratway though top for Denmark I think he's absolutely pony when he was seen for Barcelona but when he's playing for Denmark 
he's he's an excellent outlet for them and he's training every day with Messi and he's you know he's he's training and playing at a high level so when he brings that to his international team he's got that bit about him and I think Nico Williams so I'm not putting him on that level but you know I think he's a good player but he's not Trent and he's not yeah, Robbo yeah. and when you're having to stand in for Trent or Robbo you're not having you're not being a conventional fullback do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be more than that, and 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 it's an, it's a poison chalice, nearly. You know, we'd want yeah. just someone to be a bit more solid. To as a Liverpool point of view, if you're looking to take Trent out for a rest, you'd nearly just want a solid fullback who can get up and down, mm-hmm. but doesn't get caught on defensively, and then you get Trent back in. Whereas yeah. Nico sort of suffers in that he, he tries to be attacking, but he gets caught out all the time, and it's probably think, the ro- wrong club at the wrong time for him. Yeah, I suppose that's why Liverpool looked at looked at. People like a Thiago being the sort of Neuhaus now is, I think that's to take the impetus off it, flicking it out wide to the fullback. So then, and look, Gav will go mad because he hates this. That's when you probably will see Gomez at right back. Yeah. And people will go berserk saying, but people forget in the run to Kiev, Gomez plays a lot at right back. Yeah. More than Trent, you know, until we, until Trent matures and then a lot of our play goes through the fullbacks. But if we're playing 4 2 3 1, but you've got, Tiago and a Neuhaus and a different attacking option in there, then maybe you're fulling it more Pep style through the middle. Yeah. And the, and then you only need one attacking fullback. He can and he can do a solid option. That may be the way Liverpool go, because the problem is Trent plays 35, 36 league games a season. So yeah. it's a bit like Simicas, you know. I mean, the problem with Simicas he's never fit, but mm. the he, you're playing back with the lads who don't miss games. Yeah. Uh now there's an argument that maybe they could miss games if we trusted him a bit more. So that's the only downside of letting any could go is, is who comes in for him. But, you know, I know it's not a transfer show, but it's just kind of, they all kind of feed into one another. Yeah. So, but no, I think Wales, I think Wales did okay. You well, know. they came second in a tough group because, you know, Italy, Switzerland and Turkey, I mean, we just spoke about Turkey being, you know, dark horses that have underachieved and Switzerland always do well at tournaments. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. always there and there about. So for Wales to come second in that group, well, they got one win, one draw, one defeat, but That's all you, you need. know, you only need to get through. Yeah. I mean, Switzerland are a bit like uh, what Mexico are in the World Cups. They yeah. always get through and then they get knocked out in the, in the, next, taken, in the next, yeah. ra- next round. It, it's, it seems to be the routine for S- Switzerland. That's what they do. Um, but look, S- Switzerland got some good players and all that. I mean, this. I was pleased. Um, I didn't see the game, but I saw the goal. I was pleased Denmark qualified. Yeah. Well, the, interesting you say that. That brings us on to Group B. So we'll talk about sort of the the Danes. And yeah, because I've enjoyed. Um, well, not enjoyed. With what went on, you know, with poor Ericsson and then obviously losing one 0 to Finland. You can't, and then I think the uh, they lost to Belgium. I mean, it was a good performance against Belgium. You know, two one yeah. was. You thought. Well, that's a bit it's a bit of a shit way to go out there you know what's going on so the fact they got the win I mean they capitalised on a couple of mistakes as well Um, I was made up because I thought it's just a nice feel good story with out of a very bad situation so I was pleased with them Belgium to me not seeing it yet do you know what I I agree with you on that and and people are like oh Belgium look good Belgium look good Belgium are the world's number one team in the world and there's just something about them that I think they're going to do well, right? They're going to do well in the tournament. I've no doubt about that. But I don't see them winning it because I think the the other good teams can expose the Belgian weaknesses. And I think their weaknesses are in defence and I think they're a bit slow in midfield, to be honest. 
obviously when you've got a player like Lukaku up there, you, you've always got a chance. Do you know and what the, I mean? And, uh, and you've De Bruyne and Hazard in there. And we can have a pop of Hazard. He's been absolutely atrocious for, for Real since he's gone there. But if he's on form, he's he's, yeah. he's a good, good player. Isn't as, he? Hazard, as Hazard said, he's had three ankle fractures. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's, it's rough on the old ankle. That's going to that's take its toll on you. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I said it on the last show. Um, obviously, I've got some pelters on social media for it. But I still maintain Belgium are the international version of Leicester. Is yeah. they're there thereabouts, they're a difficult side to beat. But when it comes to the crunch and the big moments, I just don't quite see they're there. And I'm talking about the current left side. I know people, I know people tell me Leicester to win the league. I do know that. But yeah. the current left side, you know, we've seen every year where they're in around the top four and they just finished fifth. I think they're going to be a bit like that again, Belgium. They'll be in around quarter semis and then they get knocked out by uh, France or France or Germany or Portugal. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel. I, if it was Belgium, Italy tomorrow. I go Italy a win. That's yeah. just how I feel about them. You know, I think that the, the defense. It's you're looking at that. That there's excellent players, Vertonghen um, and Alderweireld, but they are getting on now. And they still got, got Boyata, the, the near Vermalen. You know, it's yeah, Vermal, yeah, Vermalen. And they had the lad who played. For, he's played for City. He's now at Leon. Then. Then air, Jason. Then air. Yeah. Never been, I've never been convinced by him. Uh, obviously, I mean, Luis Castagna to a broken eye socket is a, yeah. a big blow for because he's he's played really well for Leicester. Uh, you know, he's another good find. Tielemans does what Tielemans does. I think he's really good. Uh, Witzel is a key player for them, but again, he's he's Vitzel only coming back in, isn't he? Yeah. So there's a few question marks about around them, but look, you know, if Belgium played England tomorrow uh, with my England head, I still think Belgium would beat us. Yeah, you know. Yeah, true. So, you know, it's not, it's not me writing Belgium and saying that the crap. I just don't think they're one of the top four or five teams in it. You know, that's where I, yeah. I see them. I see them at. So, but yeah, so look, um, Group B. The, you know, the only real surprise probably was um, Denmark lose to Finland, but we know the circumstances why that happened. But other than that, yeah. I actually thought they did quite. I thought Denmark have actually reacted quite well. They've got a young, bit of another young wonder kid now coming through who scored in the who scored in the last game. Um, the is it? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, scored nice. He, he looks like he looks really one. Yeah, he looks like the next superstar coming out of uh, Denmark. They do, they do produce these uh, little beauties every now and again. Obviously, Odegaard is still. I know he's injured at the moment because he would have gone. You know, obviously they've produced Christian Eriksen, and obviously they've had the loud up in the past. So you know, Denmark do produce a, some absolute cracking uh, attacking players. So uh, how long he'll how long before the big boys pick him up I don't know but it shouldn't be too long on the thought yeah nah, he's a tidy player tidy player but when you look at that group you have Belgium win on 9 points as expected 3 wins out of 3 um... hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The, you know, the Denmark situation, they've come second. It was great the way it, it, it turned on the on the last game, you know, they really put a poor Russia team to the sword. Um, I think you could have been dreadful. I, I think you could have got a game for that Russia team. I'll say they were that. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was, it was like Dad's army. I generally He's still being pulled up here. Odegaard is Norwegian, Chris. Oh, he's Norwegian, sorry. Yeah, it'd be a long time correct. waiting for him to get into the Danish team. Well, you know, I was close. I was close. Yeah, it's Scandinavia. I was pretty close. I knew it was one or the other. I thought I'll take a punt. I'm bound to be wrong. No, be like me. Be like me quiz. Be like me quiz technique. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, no, um, yeah, Russia. I mean, I couldn't believe Yuri Zhirkov still plays. Oh. When I saw it, and they said he's played seventy minutes all season, I'm like, oh my god! Do you know what yeah. I mean? Surely you've got somebody else who can play fullback. You think they, that? You would think that, wouldn't you? Like at that age, now you're saying who's playing Keith Pony drinking game tonight? I'll cut it out. I won't say Pony anymore. Or will I? I will do. I will say it a few more times because it's been absolute shit and some shit in this tournament. So if you're going to bet, bet hoy. Yeah, go big or go home. A uh, bit like Russia did. It's amazing go. how poor they are when they're not when they're not um, on the steroids, isn't it? Russia, yeah. they just look I think absolutely. That, flat. I think they're also. I think they're also one of those club, those countries where the euro's been delayed years killed them. Yeah, yeah. Because they they they're, they're they're an aging side. I actually think that's probably what's going to hurt Belgium in the end. They're going yeah. to age in defence. Whereas if you look at say an England or an Italy, it's actually done them a world of good because Rashford and Kane wouldn't have been playing if it was last one. Yeah. Chiellini definitely wouldn't have been playing for Italy because he'd done his ACL. Yeah. So it's swung in roundabouts for a, for a couple of clubs. You know, Gareth Bale would have gone into that Wales tournament last year quite undercooked. Yeah. Whereas he's had a he's had a season with Tottenham, which has done him good. Ramsey's actually got fit and had an okay season with Juventus. So for some countries, actually, the year's done him good. True. You know, Holland, they probably would have liked it a year earlier because then they would have had a, a fit Van Dijk and, you know, that's the way it falls sometimes. So I do think this del- delay of a year has actually helped some clubs in some uh, club countries in some ways. Yeah. But it's it's nice to see Denmark going through. You know, they're a good team, traditionally a good mm. country, Denmark, for the, all the tournaments and all that. And the story, look, you can't be, you know, touched by the, the stuff that happened around Christian Eriksen and it was nice for them to get you. Unlucky on Finland, you know, Finland... First major tournament for them. I think they they mm. played well, but you know they, they it was a difficult group for them as well. Do you Did know you, what I mean? They Finland are one of those countries that they need that bit of a bit of luck with a crop coming through at the right time. Like you know, yeah. they've had players like Sammy Hippier, you know, Yari for Finland, Yarra Lipman, but you had them and nobody, and then a load of lads who don't play anywhere near that yeah. that sort of level. You sometimes need that run. Uh, to just land perfectly for you. Uh, to be fair, uh, not to dig on, a bit like Scotland. They got a, mm. a crop that landed at the right time, which got yeah. them to a tournament. Whereas before that, you always look at Scotland for the last twenty years and gone, "Well, he's good, he's good." But then all the other lads are playing for like um, Championship or League One side. So you go, yeah. "They're not going to do no, it." No, like Scotland, level. Scotland are nearly the um, the anti Ireland at the moment because like Ireland have players who are playing Championship, League One, um, not many Premier League players. Whereas Scotland have like the Liverpool left back. They've got Manchester United probably best midfield player last season they've got the uh, Billy Gilmore uh, an up and coming player at Chelsea they've got Kieran Tierney at Arsenal you know they've got players they've, they've McGinn at Villa they've got players playing in big Premier League teams and and it's it's come well for them you know they, they look a decent enough so they've still got glaring flaws in it in fairness yeah. well they have yeah I mean the other thing that has helped them is actually Rangers and Celtic being competitive again, but yeah. you've seen Rangers now get to the quarterfinals of the Europa League two years running. Mm. Things like things like that do help because it attracts better players, but also it raises the level saying, no, you're not coming to Rangers now to get knocked out in round two. You're coming to Rangers to get to a quarter or a semi-final of a European, of a European competition, which raises the level and pushes them on. 
you know, and I think they have eventually had to retire some of their old war horses, the likes of your Scott Browns, who probably stayed a bit longer than Scotland needed, but they had nobody else to put in. So it was kind of like, it, it was a bit of a, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of yeah. situation. So uh, yeah. I still, I've still enjoyed um, Holland though. Netherlands well, is still that's fun where to watch. We are now we are great at these segues, Chris, great at I'm these segues. It's like I'm a presenter sometimes. Yeah, I know. It's where you were able for this. Um, <laughs> but now Group C brings us in there to the Netherlands. Netherlands topped the group on nine points ahead of Austria. Uh, Ukraine on six, Ukraine on three, and North Macedonia on, on zero. Um, I have huge issues with the Netherlands, but go ahead. I like them because they remind me of Liverpool 13-14. They're the in, we have them there. Yeah, as in like, I think, gonna, I think all their games are going to be 4-3. I've no idea which way it's going to go. But, yeah. you know, Gino Wijnaldum, you know, is now level now with Marco Van Basten, isn't it? In fact, he's passed yeah. Marco Take, Van Basten. Took him over, didn't he? Yeah, he, took, he him took, him out, him over. took him over. You know, top goal scorer in the tournament with three goals, you know, which, uh, as you and me have seen, is, um, it's a bit fun of social media saying, how's Gino yeah. getting on? Yeah. It's amazing. Some big accounts which were telling me he's shite and he does nothing. And, and I was saying yeah, one saying, club. Why, 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 why have we sold it? Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, it, it's a funny old game, isn't it? The the genuine yeah. album. It's nearly as if he plays to instruction under his managers because he's so tactically yeah. good, isn't it? But this thing with Genie scoring goals for Holland, there was like, oh, why didn't he do it for Liverpool? Thinking, but he's not for Holland for four or five for four or five years. Whereas when he came to Klopp, Klopp said, "I want you to be a facilitator. That's what you, yeah. your job is. Your job is to cover the gaps, facilitate, get it to the fullbacks, and get it to the front three. Your job is not to score goals. You know, I know he scored iconic goals for us." which is yeah. handy, he had that in his locker, but that's not what he wants to do. You know, maybe Klopp could have done that at times with him, but he chose, he had other options, you know, he preferred to get the ball to Trent and Rob, Robbo and let, you know, Firmino, Manny and Salah score the goals. It's the way it is. Whereas I suppose for Holland, the reason he's playing that role is because they haven't got, who, whatever attacking midfielders they got that are playing regularly. Yeah. They haven't really got any, you know, but they've got lots of nice footballers like a, De Jong, who is he's a nice football, he's he's good in the holding role, but he's not gonna score you bags of goals. Yeah. You know, like like he like he was doing at Ajax. He's he seems to have had that taken away from him a, li- a little bit. You know, but the other problem with Holland big Holland on Holland is I'm not convinced by them defensively because you know Daily Blind's getting on. Um the lad who's at Juventus now um, um Matthias Delict. Delict, yeah. I don't think he's kicked on. I mean, I, I have read some of the uh, Dutch press. Have, uh, I think it was Marco van Basten actually might have said it, saying he went to Italy to learn to, to learn how to defend. And I think I don't think he's I don't think he's read the lesson yet. As a you know, <laughs> so it was it's pretty damning saying like you know he's got worse since he's gone to Juventus, which is like. Do you, do you know what? It's probably harsh in that sense because we we spoke about Italy a minute ago and we bigged up sort of Chiellini Bonucci partnership and at club level it's. You know, there has been opportunities um, for other players in there, but but he went in and he's learning off these as well. So I think it might hold him in, in good stead in the future playing in Juventus. But you're right, he hasn't maybe, you know, when you looked at him, I actually think he's a he's a man and he was only 19 and you think he's ready-made to go into any team in world football and dominate. And he hasn't done that. But he's come back in here to this Dutch team and you're right, you've daily blamed playing in there. You've got, um, Stefan de Vrij and you've got um, you've got uh, the lick that was as we said there mm. and you know Kev, Kev O'Sullivan said if the Dutch can make this 5 3 to work they'll give any sort of trouble and you know that's that's it if they can make it work it's interesting because they've got 
Denzel Dumfries on the right, and he looks an outlet all the time. But he but, can be quite wasteful as well. It's yeah, he's had the most hasn't he had like the most big chances so, so far. Yeah. He's got he's fair, he hadn't scored before this uh, tournament. Now he's got two. So yeah. I can see a lot of clubs think that I know I know that other, our blue neighbours will were heavily linked with him. Yeah, I think they're I think, yeah. I think they're a bit I think they're a bit upset now because I think they were hoping to get the deal done before the Euros because I think other clubs are gonna look at him now. Yes. Um I'm not look, Van Hall now, he's not fantastic, but playing left wing back suits his suits his best assets which is bombing on yeah you know which help which helps them uh i agree with dan that are are number nine missing if you had a van persie or a some of that ilk or you know or even a a workman like dirk count in that side i think that's probably what they're missing your depay to be fair as one of the front two has, has looked really really good yeah. Um, he, he's the, he's like the the X factor outlet, and Marlon. You know, I haven't seen massive of him, but what I've seen, he looks a hugely impressive uh, talent for them. And obviously, then they've got the big Grok up front as well. Veghorst. You know what? He's actually not that bad. Veghorst. He's he's actually a, a linked with Liverpool, and he's the reason he's linked with Liverpool is uh, he's a, one of the top pressing players, pressing forwards in Europe. And you don't expect that from a, a six foot six, whatever height he is. He's a big, huge guy. But he hasn't done it yet, you know, in the tournament. You know, if there's if there's a criticism, I think you, you touched on it. It's the Liverpool um, 13, 14 vibes about them, whereas they scored in, in all their games, mm. maybe not against Macedonia, but they're, they're running into leads and they're taking their foot off the gas and they're giving yeah. teams opportunities to come in at them. And I just wonder, will better teams... Um, I, think be- I think a better team will take advantage of, yeah. of the goalkeeper situation. Well, I haven't even touched on that. Martin Stecklenberg, I mean, he's, Jesus Christ, he was bad 10 years ago. Yeah, he's just not. Unfortunately, obviously, the, the main guy they wanted is, uh, is injured. So I yeah. think, and then I think the backup was cruel and he's injured. I think he's done as well. So that's kind of killed them a little bit. But I do think against better sides, you'd fancy your chances against that defence. Um, the thing is, you just got to make sure you you don't give them a head start because they, yeah. they could go a bit go a bit mad, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, North Macedonia, you know, I thought they were like quite a breath of, breath of fresh air. They were so lucky twice not scoring against Dutch. Both times, like a fuss offside. But in fairness, not digging, not for digging at the VAR. When you looked at the replay, you didn't need the line. You saw one replay yeah. where, yeah, he's off. You know, I mean, that was the other thing that's been good in this tournament is it's been quite streamlined. There's been the odd controversial decision, but yeah, general, but they're not taking long to get to the, no, to the answer read, on them, which is great. I read somewhere on the offside, they've got twice as many officials. Looking at offsides, oh, yeah. so apparently in like in Stockley Park, it's like you could have rest watching three games, and they go goal at Liverpool, so they've got to go over and look at the goal at Liverpool, and then line it up and check it. Whereas they have like a someone who just looks at your job is just to look at this game, your job is to yeah. just look at this game, and it's all one team. It's not like well, you're not doing the game this week, so you're the VAR ref. They're, they're all like one team, so maybe that's a hint of the way they should go. Is a you have more officials, but b it's it's not. You know, you're off. You're off the uh, the games this week. You're the VR. It's not the VR is its own element. Maybe yeah. that's the way. Maybe that's the way of checking it. But no. And but also the general on on pitch refereeing has on the whole been pretty decent. You know, letting games flow. Not too many bad decisions. Been a couple. But you know, you're never gonna. It's never gonna be perfect. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Um, so Netherlands go through and Austria go through. I think it's Austria's first time getting into the the knockout stages, but they don't really look up to much of. Being no, 
I still I think it's a bit mad to play in um their best player at centre back. I know he can play there. Yeah. yeah. But to me, that's not what they need. They've got enough defensive. Watchers. They need to get him in midfield and yeah. probably wide left because all their best moments have come when he's gone wide left and, you know, put in. But he's Robinson having to do it all the time, isn't he? He's having to go to these positions. He's starting off centre back and they're poor. And it's when he's getting moved into a more midfield role or a wider role that he's, he's, he's influencing the game. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, you look at, um, uh, they they have Arnautovic, they the young lad that we're being linked with as well, um, Christoph Baumgartner as well. Uh, he went off injured with a to get a concussion there the other day. I don't know Austria aren't they're not screaming out like they could be a dark horse in in the knockouts. There, they're one I think teams will fancy. And by the way, I don't know what way the permutations work out. Who plays who? I know I Denmark play Wales. That's the only one, I think. Um, I was going to say, if, if Laura Duffy's in the chat, oh, she is, I'm sure Laura will tell us in a minute uh, who yeah. it is, because to be fair, Laura's always getting it right and correcting me, which right. So, uh, yeah. so I mean, the groups that are still alive, because uh, I think they go tomorrow, is we've got, we've got Sweden group, haven't we, with Spain and yeah. Poland, and that's a bit of a mad group that at the moment. Sweden are top with four, Slovakia on three, Spain on two, and Poland on one. You know, there, there is a world where Spain go out here. Spain have been atrocious. Spain have been atrocious in this tournament. And and this plays into the point I was saying earlier, you know, about, you know, sometimes I'm, I know I can be, but others as well can be too critical of the likes of England because, you know, Spain, this Spanish team, it's the worst Spanish team I've seen. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. I was only talking about this the other day. You know, their front, their their attacking options are Morata, Jared uh, Moreno, Almo, um, Adama Traore, fucking Aratabal. It's mind. the worst group, and and Ferran Torres. It's the worst Spanish attacking group I've seen. Going back to uh, USA '94 or maybe Euro '96 when Julio Salinas would have been the, the main forward, and there wasn't mm. much. But in them Spanish teams, they had like Nadal and Hierro as centre back, so they were a tough, tough team to break down. These have played Pel Torres and Laporte as centre back, and and they're too nice. You know what I mean? There's just nothing about this Spanish team that excites me. You know, they've good individual players like Koke and Pedri in there, but they're not working as a team. It's yeah. like, it, it's absolutely but, desperate. But then they're lacking creativity and then they're leaving Tiago on the bench. Yeah. Which makes a lot. I mean, look, I'm surprised Moreno, I, I don't mind Moreno because actually I thought he did well for uh, Villarreal, wasn't it? You know, he scored against yeah. United. I think he's, a, uh, Modric, uh, sorry, Modric, uh, Morata, never got it. Never got it. To me, he's never been a lead-the-line striker. He's always been the best backup striker. As in, when he was great at Real Madrid, it's because he was coming off the bench. When he's good at Juventus, it was coming off the bench. As a starter, doesn't do it for me at all. He misses too many chances. You know, you'd fancy, you'd fancy, you'd fancy him to miss everything. I, I just don't get it at all with him. You know, um, I don't know too much about the keeper because it's not, it's not yeah, the hair. Yeah, yeah. He's decent, but... You know, they, there was a period is he, is he there better? where Spain had three or four. Yeah, is he better know, than the hair though? Because to yeah. me, what I've seen him going, with the hair's not the hair he was a couple of years ago. He's still a very, very good keeper, and he should surely should be um, started. So it's a bit strange. And this, this is the first real, first time no Real Madrid players playing for um, yeah. Spain, which is quite a, quite a big thing, really, isn't it? There's, there's not many 
not many players in the Real ranks that probably would have got in there. I don't know about Asensio if he's injured and Isco, but like obviously you've got Sergio Ramos wasn't brought, um, and Vasquez would have been in there, but he got his injury as well. So it, I don't know. It's 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 a weird, weird Spanish team. And as Stephen O'Connor said, they brought Sarabia on before Triori. The fact that Sarabia is even in that squad to me tells about how poor their options are up front because Sarabia is not a great player. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a decent player. He's not a bad player, but you know he's not an special. And I just think it's a poor Spanish team. Like I can't believe yeah. you know well, how how boring they are. But Although Poland are bottom of the bottom of the group, they're playing Sweden now. Sweden are through, yeah, pretty much. So it wouldn't surprise if you saw Poland beat Sweden, and then Spain have got Slovakia. Now, to me, Slovakia will just go. We'll take a point. I look yeah. at that Spanish side going. I reckon we could do a point. I mean, I loved how everyone waxed Liverpool about Spain getting a, a draw with Sweden. It's like, oh, it was a great half. It's like eight eight hundred passes and a half. I fell asleep. Yeah. It was terrible. Oh. I've got, to, I've got that point. Of it. I actually refuse. I actually didn't watch part of the Spain game because I was like, I used to enjoy watching Spain. Like that's just not not good to watch at all. It's really, really dull. And I just don't, I just don't believe they're going to do anything. Yeah, um, Nate thinks not, they're going to go and win. It. I think he could be onto something. Does he reckon? Oh God, nah, they're he's gonna, only joking. He's only gonna, joking. They could do a Greece ball the way through it. God, do you remember that? Yeah, I'll stop it. It's true, but it, it's an interesting group, Chris. And you're right. It's like you know, Poland. It, they have a decent team. They have a lot of good players. They have a, a decent team and they have got a talismanic striker in Lewandowski, but they haven't done it yet. And, mm. you know, you know, if they can be a Swedish team who are already qualified. It's what, it's what Sweden do. Do Sweden do the Italian way, which is we rest loads, yeah. or do we do what Dutch did, which is we still go full strength and we want to keep momentum. You know, there's yeah. no right or wrong way, really, because... Sweden are pretty much like we're not going to get we're not going to not qualify with four points. I suppose for them it's like where do you want to go and draw? You know, yeah. does does finishing first second really matter? It might not do for them, you know. So, but you know, we'll see what happens there. And then we've probably got the best group last, haven't we? Which is going to be yeah. the game I look forward to, which is the group well, of death. Before we move on, Ombok makes a great point here. Spain only brought twenty three players, and they could have had another three in the squad. Do you know what I mean? Like, no other country didn't bring their full quota of players. Like, bring, I don't know what Luis Enrique is playing at there, but it's it's baffling. Surely sure. there's two, two, three players you can bring. Yeah. Or worst case, who are your three best players in the, in the under-21s? All right, bring them yeah. along. We're never going to play them, but you know It'll be a good experience for them. Yeah. You know, just say to the three guys, you're, you're not going to play, but you can train with us. You can see what it's like to be in a tournament because I'm going to use you in a tournament in two years' time. That's yeah. the logical thing. I mean, madness. I mean, look, England aren't always known for being the most progressive, but there's a video going around now of uh, Lampard and Ferdinand on the bench for Euro 96 when they were beat by Germany because they were invited to come watching this. And they said for the previous one, I think Mount, um, was it Mount Sessignon and Rice, I think, were like in the BBC studios for the last Euros to see what it was like being at a tournament. And two of them now were in the England squad. Obviously, Sessignon, it hasn't quite worked out for him. But that's what you do, you know. Just if in doubt, just throw a couple of kids in on the bench if you're never going to use them. Just so, yeah. well, if we think they're going to be good in two, three years' time. It's good experience for us. We know what it's like being away from home, you know, because it's you know people find out it's quite boring uh, when yeah. you're not playing games. So, 
they should, should have brought Tones to having a little dig there at Morata. <laughs> and look, he's, I think he's awful, and I think ah, he's I think a great agent because the the clubs that fella has played for. It's yeah, it, maybe oh, it's harsh. He's, he's obviously he was a good player, but I just think he's. he's I don't think he was a good player. I think he's crap. <laughs> he's just, he, he doesn't offer and I know Spain have gone into tournaments before with strikerless you know and they, they've gone with like Fabregas as a false nine or you know David Silva as a as a false mm. nine and, but they, they had so much creativity in the team that made up for it you know and if you have Xavi and Yeste Busquets or whatever playing behind uh, Silva Fabregas and someone a Pedro or something you've still got a lot of creativity and goals in there this Spanish team to me doesn't scream goals uh, they're also quietly quite good at set pieces this, uh, back then back then not yeah. now back yeah. then when you have like a you know PK and Ramos you know you've got to get set piece goals they don't like yeah. to got that I mean you know Pau Torres is a, is a, is a nice he's a nice footballer you know, he's a nice centre back but you know I mean, I did like the fact Danny Murphy did his research on him as well, saying he looks a bit slow, Pau Torres, and he was apparently the fastest man in Spain. Yeah, that's true. Inter- we clock in- up speed. Yeah, it's interesting what a bit of research does sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. You know, who would have thought it? Mm. So I've seen it flash for a couple of times. A few people said they don't, they're, not having, they're not having France either. Well, I've, seen, I've seen two polls. Some say they'll walk it, and some are saying, not seen it. I think it's going to be hungry. Those are again. Mills yeah. was on to this final group, the group of death. There you go. But because um, the hungry game, France were poor. They were yeah. really poor. Yeah. You know, they didn't look quite, didn't look quite right. And you know, I, I've always said it. And luckily, Matt's not on the show tonight, so we're okay. Um, Hugo Lloris, he'll always give you a chance. I think I always. I think I he think always gives you a chance. I can't believe the French haven't got a better keeper yet. Yeah. I just think he's I think he's garbage. And then people tell me he's a World Cup winner, and I get all that, but... Well, I'm me, looking at their squad here, and Steve Mandanda is one of their keepers. He's still he's, playing. He's still playing. Mike uh, Mignon is also there, and he's a young, up-and-coming. He's signing for AC Milan, isn't he, from... From there, I would say he's young. He's about twenty-six, but he's he's young for a goalkeeper. He's an up-and-coming keeper. You know, you have to trust the keeper at some stage. Mm-hmm. I think Lloris is a, is a liability myself. Um, I'm sure. But, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'll make that all leads TV, and that will be saying what about the leads keeper? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, he's in the under twenty-one team, and you know, this French side would be a lot better than it is because it's scary the talent it's got. But defensively, they've still looked a bit. A bit shaky for me. Look, I mean, when you got Mbappe, you know, we saw what he did to Hummels, where he, he gave him a five-yard head start and still yeah. overtook him. You know, so they do have that in them. You know, Griezmann, quietly, people don't realise, is now the third highest goal scorer in European Championship history. You know, yeah. as good as good as Ronaldo's at 11, you know, Griezmann's on seven, yeah. which is, uh, you know, and that goes on the quiet, really, because people don't, don't think he's as prolific as he should be. But, you know, he... He seems to go up with big goals when you need it, or more to rescue France. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, France will will stick with them. There's there's talks of unrest now in the the dressing room. Mbappe and Giroud apparently had a had a bit of a barney as well, and it, it's something that 
has dogged France in the past, you know, like internal strife. Um, let's see, a bit like Jamie Redenbox did look about Alonso performance at Old Trafford in a final and he didn't play. Yeah, it's Danny Murphy down to a T, isn't it? Like, yeah, I remember that with Jamie Redenbox. He said, like, you know, you're never going to win a game playing Luke, playing someone like a Lucas in midfield against, against yeah. Man United. And no one pointed out to him that he actually played in the 4 1 win because <laughs> uh, Joey, Bar- Joey Barn had snapped Alonso the game before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but look, Bless. you know, some of these guys get paid a lot of money, and you think they would know a bit. But we do for free, Chris. And we do. We, we do. don't know that neither. So, yeah, there's a reason I do. Talk. Yeah, it's the reason I do it for free. I don't think I want to pay me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but look, Kevin's good point. Embelly out for four months. That's yeah. summed it. That just sums his career up at the moment. Well, that's, that's him, him to a T, isn't it? And there's still fans are saying, "Oh, we should take a punt on him." No, no, you can't. You can't take can't. a punt on a player like him because, to me, he's all the talent in the world, and he, he's a he's an attacking Matip. Do you know what I mean? Like Joe Matip, when he's fit, is one of the best centre backs in Europe. But he's never fit. But he's never fit, and you can't rely on him. And Usman Dembele is such a talent. Like he's he's an unbelievable football player. But he's he's. He's coming on and he's getting injured and, you know, it's it's just not good enough, you know. And it's a talented squad they have there. Like, it's some talent pill. But will they go all the way? Some people were impressed with them after one game, but then the second game against Hungary, not so much. Uh, so the, the group of death also has Portugal and Germany. And Portugal were another team that after one game, Chris, a lot of people were waxing lyrical about and I thought they were absolute pony. There's the word again. Pony against Germany in the last game. I thought, you know, they were so easily got at. Germany were going through them at will. They've got How with, do you see them? Um, look, going forward, look, they've got players like Jota, they've got Ronaldo, you know, Bernardo Silva. They're great, but, you know, Bruno Fernandes, um, ghosts another game. Yeah, I think he's. Go- I don't he's think he's a there is. He's a problem for them. And that's yeah. not a dig because he's a Manchester United player. Like he is a problem because if he's not taking penalties and free kicks, his what's he there for? What's he there for? And again, it's not a dig. People say, "Oh yeah, Bruno, he's having a dig." But we've had not, this. We've had this criticism on United. Yeah, exactly. But you he's know. not getting near set pieces in that Portuguese team. You know, no, he doesn't he, get near them and. It, well, it just devalues his, his whole sort of impact on the team. We saw it with Jota, you know, um, they all got to deal with Jota because he didn't pass to Ronaldo because he took a shot on, which is a, yeah. a, a shot that most strikers take on. You know, look, I was pleased Jota, you know, their first goal, which was against the Royal Players, it was a brilliant breakaway goal. Very Liverpool-esque, actually. You know, that's yeah. the sort of goal we've sort of done in the past. So, you know, uh, you did think then, here we go again with, um, with Germany. Uh, but look, Germany... No matter how bad you think Germany are, no matter how yeah. much you think there's a problem with you, it's it's the joke that's always funny. Is that you write the Germans off, then they win. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a running joke. It's a mentality thing. They, are, you know, we talk the mentality monsters. They are that of of international football. They will find a way with some with some squads. You, I've seen Germany go. They've had some terrible squads, and they yeah. get to a but there they are in the semi-finals or the final. You know, and you're sort of going, how has this squad got to the final? They, they find a way. You know. And they just find ways of doing it. Look, I think Rudiger's been good for them. You yeah, know, you know with the mas- looking like the mask of Zorro. You know, Matt. Yeah. H- you know, they have to play a back three because you can't play a back four with um, Matt Hummels. He's just 
ages caught up with it. Yeah. You know, but that's probably an indictment to German centre backs is the others, you know, Sula. is a slow player no, as well, isn't he? He's, garbage as well, which doesn't yeah. help. You know, they've even even Emery Chan's been getting thrown back in at centre back. Who'd have thought yeah. that, eh? You know, Rogers was a, a visionist for him. <laughs> so it's it's interesting because like, you see the German squad and you deal you're really Hummels. Hummels isn't, you know, he, he's easily got a, and then you've Emery Chan, who, look, Emery Chan was a good player for Liverpool. He wasn't, you know, as good as people, some people made him out to be. And I think he's a bit, and the reason being, in my opinion, is he's too slow and he doesn't turn quick enough. And he's too slow off the run. He needs to build up speed to to get any pace. So if he could just run in a straight line and get a head start, he'd be fine. But when you're having the turn, he can get caught out. He still have, Thomas Muller, and I heard Thomas Muller is only 31 years old. And there's You're a player off. who's been around for so, so long. And he's still a quality player. Do you know what but, I mean? He's, well, he, he's, he's, an, he's another player who I would argue a couple of years ago was getting the Sadio Mane treatment. He's finished. Yeah. He's done. Yeah, he, had, he, had a shock, he had a shocking season where he, he couldn't hit a barn door. And then he kicked on. You know, yeah. play, you know it's... We, it's People get written off too quickly. The only worry for them is the talk is Thomas Moore picked up a, a knee injury right near the end of the uh, Portugal game mm-hmm. and they're worried that he might have tweaked something which could put him out of the tournament. I think he's key for them because if you're yeah. taking him out, then you've got to put Sani in, which look he hasn't quite yeah. done it yet. I don't, I don't think they trust him, to be honest, the, no. the German public. I think Manchester City and the English Premier League fans rate Leroy Sané a lot more than German and Bundesliga fans. They do. Uh, but then... If you, if you don't trust Leroy Sani, then it's Timo Werner, who isn't seen a lot of minutes. And, you know, yes, he's a Champions League winner, but in front of goal, he's got a bit of the Maratas about him at the moment. Yeah. He needs he needs, he needs some help. So then you then go to Kevin Volland. I, I yeah. didn't realise he was still in this German squad or German pitcher, which is, you know, he's, he's okay, but he's not quite... He's, he's not. Uh, top top notch. You know what? What you lose with Muller is you lose the experience and the guile and the the know how of getting to tournament football. You know, getting to the the the, the business end of tournament football and all those mm-hmm. players you've mentioned. You know, well they all the team of Werner has a you know he has got his his uses. Um, it's Serge Nabry getting a mention in there. He's their centre forward. Koi uh, Havertz is playing, you know, but to, if you Can put someone it. in there, if you're going then, what I'm getting at in a long drawn out way is if you have a front line of Koi Havertz, Serge Nabry, and you're missing the experience of a Muller and you're having to bring in one of the others, it, it, I don't know. I think Wiley defences will be able to manage that, you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll be able to handle that. I think they, they should look at putting Havertz um, a bit like a Firmino put him as the nine and have Gnabry and Sani either side because then yeah. Havertz off the ball would because he's natural the way he's he plays. He's a big fucker as well. He's a big fucker so he can he can flick on for them for their yeah. pace but also off the ball he will drop in to be the to be almost like a third centre mid and you just yeah. need two pace lads up front. I think that's a way around it. You know, you know Kimmich uh, he's having to play wide uh, to subsidise other areas because I mean to me Kimmich should be in the middle like he is yeah. for Bayern because um, again he's one of those very classic players but again the question then you look at that and it's going it's Gundogan or Cruz to you drop because Cruz isn't, isn't the most athletic but yeah. on the ball he's, he's a killer he's a dictator he's the dictator yeah. of that team isn't he and you know you, you and Germany certainly are not going to to take him out with their team but you know a player who really stood out in that Portugal game for Germany was Robin Goosens Goosens sorry 
yeah, I, from Atalanta. I could say I, I didn't recognize him at all, but I, I thought he was really impressive. Um, obviously, again, not watching much, much Italian football, but yeah, he was he was brilliant. You know, took his goal well as you know, probably looking not to get more, but yeah, that's kind of the modern football. And in that, uh, if you play through at the back, you need your wing backs to give you something, yeah. and he was brilliant. But you know what? It's we spoke about Holland earlier, and we mentioned Denzel Dumfries has, has looked good on the right, and a lot of people in the chat pointed out that, um, you know, he's he's tactically defensively he's way off. Someone like Gosens will tear him apart if they're if they play the Dutch at some stage and and they go in mm. as they are now. You know, he's he's defensively naive and Gosens will just go 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 go. And that's where you you could see the Germans maybe you know punishing some teams. But it'll be interesting to see how they play out. You know what I mean? It's it can can Germany win it with that squad? I think it's a, it's a good squad. It's an experienced squad. But if they lose Muller, I think it could be a yeah. bit of a blow. As no, one's, a blow. as no one says, you, you can't see Germany win it, but we, we said that in 2002 and they got to the final. So, yeah. yeah. And the, he's the, right, the worst have... side ever. You know, and, and that 2002 German side, I think they, they, the DFB then went and ripped up the bleeding, the script in Germany, and they put so much into youth development mm. and, you know, academies and all that sort of thing because they knew it was just wasn't working with this, you know, bringing in players at the time that were making their international debuts at 28, 29, do you know what I mean? It was always a very German thing to do. They couldn't sustain that. They had to invest in youth. So, look, we'll see what they can do. Um, with your England head on, yeah. who is England's best chance against in that? Because it's going to be one of those group of death. I've been, the answer's probably Hungary, but Hungary I'm going to get through. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a hard one to pick, isn't it? Because I think on their day, they all three of them can beat England, but I think I, they can all be beaten as well. Do you know? It, it's and that's a cop out of an answer. But if you're looking for a stylistic one for England, I mean, England, in my opinion, are weak in midfield. So if we, it's a Royce and Royce and Phillips, an experienced midfield like Germany have, could probably hop it around them a powerful midfield like France I think would steamroll them maybe the Portuguese midfield isn't that's that's who I thought because I thought out, out of the three they're, they're probably the one you can most like get, get out of the, at the back yeah uh, and if you've got a fit Henderson that does have the midfield the only one you've got of England is um, central centrally especially the centre backs Ronaldo's not the player he was but him and Jota could still have fun with that yeah. side but I think any because I think they're any, still very quick. The two of them are quick. Yeah, I th- I, to me, I think as much as I've slagged off the uh, recent told me how, how crap I think he is, I, I do think France would, would beat England. I think they'd beat England comfortably. Um, I think the German one would just be interesting, obviously, because you know it's it's the big rivalry England and Germany. But I just think the German know-how in midfield and defence will probably see them through. But you wouldn't say their centre forwards are in form, but to be fair to England, there's only Sterling who looks in form goals wise yeah. for us at the moment, with yeah. a grand total of two. Yeah, and and performance wise, it hasn't been great for Sterling either. You know, so it's mm. yeah, it was it'll the, be it, It's a hard one, I think. Yeah, if I was to have to, if you put me on the spot and said, "Hey, I'd go Portugal," and even then, I think it does does flaws in 
in both. But like that, England could catch any of them on a good day, uh, on on a good day for England to beat them, you know. And England, that's not the England are a good team, you know. That's not to play them down. They're a good team. They just, I personally, my opinion is they're hindered by a manager that yeah. that doesn't let them play to their strengths. And unless he changes that, I think one of those teams can beat them. But look, will time will tell. Time will tell. Um. Bonkers is asking what about Spinazzola. Have you been impressed much with Spinazzola, Chris, for Italy? The the left back, the right foot left back. He's an excellent yeah. player. He's yeah, a, yeah. he's a player. He's been around for a while. Uh, he was at Roma and he went to Juventus. Was it or he was at Juventus and he went to Roma? One, I can't. It was a swap deal for. Um, I think he went to Roma from Juventus and Pellegrini, the younger Pellegrini, went. The other way, um, but look, he's a good player, and Italy always seem to, to find these wrong. You know, David Santon years ago was one that, um, was a right foot left back, you know, and and they always seem to pull them out from somewhere. You see a lot of international football, a lot of right footed left backs. I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan. One of the best was Philip Lahm, yeah, he was the uh, best, <laughs> yeah, you know, a man who could play left back, right back, and DM and was brilliant in all three. So, yeah, yeah I was impressed because I'll be, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of him, uh, but yeah, he just look, he looks, you know, good defense. He, look, he looks a perfect Italian fullback, good defensively, but he's now got his, this Italian new way of, which um, they want, which is really attacking football. And no, I think he looks really, really good. Um, who's your money on to, for the finals then? I think it's. I don't know what way it plays out. Yeah, I don't know what way the draw will go. To be honest, I haven't really looked. But if you were to ask me to name two teams that theoretically, you know, without knowing what what the permutations are, Italy and France. Yeah, I I think France have huge flaws, but I think. They've they enough to get through, yeah. Their pluses, as you touched on Griezmann, and he's not even their main forward, you know. They've got Benzema and Mbappe there and Griezmann. You know, they just need one of them on any yeah. given day. I just, I, I, I'd love to see how this Italian side does against like one of these big, these uh, more favoured nations with this new style. Because yeah. they've still kept that steel that you may have remember from the Italian yeah. side of the 90s when you know, watching Golazzo and it's yeah. just like they've got that but I've never seen the Italian side play with this much flair and this much attacking vigour and it's great to, it's really really great to watch yeah any impression of the Copper America mate? yeah well Ben Brereton Ben Brereton Diaz of Blackburn Rovers um, has been one of the top most exciting talents he he, he became Chilean his ma's from Chile in fairness but he, he only made his debut there recently for them and he came on as a sub in the first game and he was electric and then he's forced his way into the starting lineup and he's got a couple of assists. I mean, <laughs> he's been excellent. I, I tweeted about it earlier, the, the age profile of the Copa. I love the Copa. I preferred it to the Euros, if I'm being honest, because there's a lot more unknowns about the Copa America, but mm. there's a lot of knowns as well. Like So Chile played um, Uruguay last night and you had... Um, Musselera and goal for Uruguay 35. You had Godin 35 at the back. You had, um, who else was there? Suarez and Can- uh, Cavani are both 34. Do you know what I mean? They're, a, they're an old squad with these so players like, that have just been around for so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then That's you had Chile. We had Chile then had Claudio Bravo 38 and goal. You had um, Vidal 33, uh, Gary Medell. 
a lot of these players, there was a few more, um, Marcelo Isla, there was a lot of them. Um, but Brereton has been the, the bright spark. And even for Argentina, last night he went with Messi, Di Maria, Aguero and Papu Gomez, all 33, all four of them 33 years old. That was their front four. You know, it's it's a, it's a an interesting tournament. But if you look at players, there's a guy called Moish Casado who plays for um, Ecuador. He signed for Brighton um, in January. He hasn't played. Hasn't played. He's only, I think he's 19. He's a centre mid, ball to ball, box to box midfield. Like this lad is going to be absolute top notch. Look over him. He's he's brilliant. He's a brilliant footballer. And the, the sort of little players that you're looking at, they are in the Ecuadors and, you know, the Paraguays and all these. There's, there's a few surprise teams. Brazil and Argentina are topping the two groups. So there's no, there's no uh, surprise in that, uh, that instance. But like Uruguay are, are not doing great in it. Um, there's, there's still there'll always be players that you can be surprised with but COVID has hampered a lot of them you know uh, yeah. Venezuela I think had eight players tested positive on the eve of the tournament Bolivia had three and it decimated their squads and some of the good players you know Jefferson uh, Sotelno off of Venezuela I think he's being hampered so it's you know it's 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 a great tournament but this time it's not really about unearthing gems in this copy it's it's the old boys the old boys yeah. are doing the business. Because it's definitely something Liverpool haven't done for a while, is it? Try to unearth anyone from the cop. I think the last one we did was uh, Sebastian Quattas. Yeah, he was excellent in that. He was absolutely brilliant in that. Yeah, um, it, just, America. it just it just didn't suit him. He was too slow, sadly. Yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised we've never tried, especially with the new Brexit rules now. It's, it's probably easier to get a South American player now than it was a few years ago. Yeah. So I'm surprised it's, it's not a market we've looked into because, uh, yeah, Brighton has, yeah, makes those smart investments again. So, you know, they need a goal scorer though. Still. Yeah. Very, very true, very true. But um the let me just check something here. Who's on later in the cup? Ecuador Peru. If anyone's gonna is that oh no, that's tomorrow night, Ecuador Peru. Have a look at that and have a look at Ecuador there. They're a good team, they're an exciting team. Um they've they've got some good players in it. Well worth yeah. a watch. Brazil, Colombia, isn't it? Early hours Thursday morning as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Brazil have Brazil have been steamrolling as you'd expect. They're in the easier group as well. Um, mm. But I would, you know, hope and pray that Argentina win this just for Messi um, to get that ridiculous notion that he hasn't done at an international level. Get that stat off his. Has he got to three copper finals? Yeah, but you know, it, it's like getting to the World Cup final. He carried Argentina to a World Cup final, and the rest of them let him down in the final. Didn't get the medal. It's they don't want to turn it into a Messi versus Ronaldo thing. But you know, Ronaldo goes to the Euros with Portugal, comes off injured in the final. Portugal get the win, and that's a, a great victory yeah, yeah. for Cristiano. You know, and it's it's not to, to dig him out, he, man. It's just amazing how the narrative around certain yeah, players can. Well, people forget Ronaldo played in the final where they got beat by Greece. Yeah. Yeah, you know, probably probably one of the biggest probably one of the biggest upsets in international football, well, because you yeah. wouldn't expect because that Greece had were terrible. They were awful. Yeah, I'd already stunned the place out. Yeah, you know, it's like watching Stoke, but internationally it was bizarre. So it was a yeah. 
But that's yeah. that's the thing, you know, the Euros, I, I love the Euros generally as a tournament because you might touch on it earlier, Chris. You get a lot of shit in the World Cup, whereas the Euros was always a smaller, you know, usually a much more elite tournament, but they've they've expanded it a bit here and done the three places. It's maybe diluted well, it a little bit. But they also need to bin off this uh, plane in six different countries. I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, that's it's I mean, again, I England could play six games at home. Do you know what I mean? And when yeah, the Dutch have well, just been held in England. Yeah, the Dutch have played three games at home, but one was an away tie. You go, well, it's not an away yeah. tie, is it? When you got the home, but Wales also, are quite, playing and bleeding as a boy. Yeah, yeah, but I quite like it. Where it's like you take over a country a little bit, but you, you're taking the culture. You know, like yeah. the World Cup, I'm a bit mad about what it'd be like in Russia. But everyone said that actually the Russia one was really good. That's what you yeah. want. I mean, I'm not buying this UEFA bollocks that they said it's. Um, oh, it's to stop. Um, because they hike up all the hotel prices all around. So I said, yeah, they, they just hike it up for the weeks that those games are on. It doesn't yeah. change it. It's absolutely, it's just money spinning nonsense. But I think it's better to have it all in one country. I mean, COVID-wise, probably not at the moment, but, you yeah. know, non-COVID world. They should and go this, back was, to, this was planned before COVID. So, you know, it's not like it's, an, it's, not like it's a, a, a result of a pandemic. This was what they mm. were looking to do. And anyway, but it's all about money, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, it's all about money. Yeah. Before we wrap it up, I think I would both give you some stick there in the comments. What's he saying? Ah, yeah. <laughs> he just, yeah, true. We couldn't look. Ireland are, uh, it's grim at the moment, you know, it's, it's grim at the moment for Ireland. It's, it's, it's not, we're not in a good place and there's no real light at the end of the tunnel either, unfortunately. But yeah. 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 It is what it is. It is what it is. Before we go, Chris, who, what player has been the standout for you in the, in the Euro so far? Oh, I should have wrote this one down. I didn't think of this, I didn't think of this question. I'm trying to think how I've enjoyed. I'm going to say Genie. Genie. It's, it's, it's the obvious answer, but he's the top goal scorer from midfield. Yeah. So, and then a, and then a shout out to Grizz's mate, Gordon Pandev, uh, ah, for getting, yeah. just for getting Macedonia's first ever goal, which is always, yeah. North Macedonia's first ever goal, which is always um, a good one. Uh, Owen's put, um, Isaac from Sweden looks good. He does. Yeah, he's been a decent player. Kev O'Sullivan backs that up as well. He, he's been good. You know, there's been some decent players in there. I mean, the, the, going back to the Italians, they've been the most impressive team for me. I think Locatelli and Barella in midfield. But Jorginho has been brilliant as well for them. And he's a player that mm. gets a lot of stick. You know, he, he gets yeah, a lot yeah. of stick in these shores for um for Chelsea. Me. For being, yeah, for being Sardi's boy at Chelsea, you know, and I think he, he gets a lot. He, he I think he gets unfairly treated in the press, but I think he's shown, you know, he's a very, very good player. And they have Verratti as well who can come in. You know, they have a good, good midfield options. But Barella and Locatelli, for me, have been excellent in that midfield for Italy. But the most exciting player probably... Uh, I see, I don't, there's not really been too many... It's not been an exciting tournament. People might disagree, but... It's, it's been, been more functional and midfield has impressed me more yeah. than any of the attacking. It's been good games. Really. It's been good games, but you're not presenting going, it's the Ronaldo tour or it's the, there's normally yeah. like one star where you go, oh, it's all about. Yeah, it's know. blown out and it's, you know, Mbappe, for example, should have yeah. taken a bullet of the neck. Yeah, or like, you know, when, when closer at that yeah. tournament where he scored five, five in the World it was the closer tournament, you know, Ronaldo did it for Brazil in 2002. There hasn't quite, there hasn't yet been that sort of player. There might be, you know. Yeah. But as of yet, no. It's been more like good, good team for us. Quite, I think there's been quite a lot of exciting games, especially with mainly because of 
deficiencies and sides, but it's made it good for a neutral. Yeah, and the 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 officiating has been interesting as well as you touched on mm. earlier. The VAR stuff—it's not taking an eternity to come to a decision. So you know, but they've stopped doing the uh, the replays and the lines, which I think is what annoys people. Yeah. So uh, also, I think because we do, because we uh, we probably trust foreign officials better more. We're just like, well, if we said it's offside, fair enough. Whereas to us, we probably want the lines in because we don't even think they could draw a line straight. It's the looking at them doing it. I think is frustrating because they start drawing lines and they start moving lines where you know you're looking at it and you're like, why the fuck are they moving that line? Why is that line moved? Whereas in this, the decision has been the decision. And there's been some bad, bad officiating decisions, you know. There's been some some really poor ones. But if they, the VAR stuff, it's it's play away. Check is done. Now we're going ahead. And he might show you it's still of an offside, let's say, a minute later, where it's just the line is there and you're looking at it and it's like, right, well, there it's offside. But they're not stopping it and showing and showing no. and showing. And I might be wrong, but I think they're using what the Dutch do, which is... and the. England have already panned it as a stupid idea, the thicker line, as they call it. But yeah. that's what the Dutch have brought in. It's a line, I can't remember how wide it is. But the idea being is, if you're on that line, it's still classed as you're onside. So basically, yeah. for people who have played football or watch football, level is now a thing again. Yeah. Which Because now it's you, you can't be level, you have to be behind. Yeah. So Which encourages less goals. Yeah. Whereas the exactly. Dutch have said... It's used, taken the joy out of the bleeding thing. Whereas now you can, if it's one straight line, you sort of go, well, okay. You know, there is a bit, it's a bit like umpires calling cricket. There's a march forever. Well, a linesman probably couldn't see that anyway. So it'll probably be given, you know. So, you know, the lines have been a bit more flag happy now as well because the the knowing going, well, if it looks off, I'm going to give it off because yeah. it gets done really, really quickly. Yeah, exactly. But look, it's it's been interesting so far. We'll see how it pans out tomorrow and we'll come back next week um and we'll talk about the games as they're as they're happening again. So Chris, thanks for joining me again tonight. Cheers for having me on, mate. Good stuff. Good. So before we finish up, we'll just say that, you know, and we we bang on about about the Sienna steps that's on our website. Get on and support any way you can, folks, even if it's just shared in the message. You know, we know we're not looking for people to hand over their hard earned money. Not not everyone has it at the moment. But anyway, people can help. Get on and have a look. Uh, all merchandise from the Sienna range on the website goes to Sienna and all money raised during the month of June by the day trippers for any merchandise or super chats or anything like that. It's all going to the Sienna cause. So um, you know, it's it's a great worthwhile cause and we're doing our best to help a young girl out who needs it and a family who needs it. So um if you can help with that, brilliant deal. This week I think we've got a midweek fixes on tomorrow with Jamie. Um there are, I'm assuming there's a carnage transfer special on, on Thursday with Grizz. Uh are you doing one on Friday? You back on yeah. Friday? Yeah, yeah. What have you got this week? Because I've depressed everyone. Uh with, yeah, we're gonna stinkies. do old stinky. So before so I was tempted to just do Kiev, just to really rub everyone's nose yeah. in it. But I thought, no, no, we're doing 2001, uh, the run to Dortmund. So uh, yeah. the fun one. So it's going to be me, Callum and Avi. Excellent. Excellent. Should be good. Like I say, a bit of positivity for once. Um, <laughs> I'm, but, I'm just, I'm just sadistic. I like doing, I like doing the ones but, we lost. It's good fun. But you know what? It's good. It's good going down memory lane on these things, you know, and I think people enjoy, enjoy listening. So if you, if you can watch Chris on Friday night, if not even just get on and listen and let us know what you think of the shows. They're, they're really good. It's good to, to take those trips back. So hopefully more, um, more happy ones to come, Chris. Let's just put it that way. On to the good ones. On to the good ones. Uh, two good. There's still two good and one bad to go. 
yeah, yeah. Just spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, the boys will be back in anyway. And uh, like I said, stick, share, like, all that stuff. You know, subscribe to the channel. All it helps us out so much. You know, we're just trying to push and push and push, grow the channel as much as we can. So we appreciate all the support that we do get. So look, I won't keep you any longer. I've been your host, Keith. He's been the co-pilot, Chris. This has been a Fatback for Euro special, and we'll see us all again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.